0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family, com. Everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we're recording a little earlier than normal because we're recording on a Saturday. Usually, we do these Friday nights uh, really late, and th- instead, we're doing it in the afternoon on a Saturday. For me, morning for Corey because of the three-hour time difference. Um, how you doing this morning, Corey?
1: I'm okay. It's two hours, thankfully. Three. Oh, that's right. Me.
0: Sorry, two. No, it's,
1: it's fine. Oh, yeah, so uh, it's ten
0: o'clock. That's right. Okay.
1: Yeah. I did wake up early, though, and I made some breakfast and, like, you know, Ooh. did things I had to do. But, yeah, I'm fine. It's the weekend, finally.
0: Corey, I got to <laughs> talk about my breakfast. Um, oh, heck. Since I think, I can't remember if it was um, Train Spotting or if it was one of the Edgar Wright films that first made me very aware that British people eat beans. Baked with, beans. With their oh. breakfast. I have been wanting to try that. It freaks me out. Well, I finally. Um, this week de- decided this was going to be the week I was going to go for an English fry up. And so I, I elicited, um, some recipes online to see kind of, there's a lot of different variations of the breakfast, but, um, I, I hit up my, our friend of the podcast, Matt from, uh, what I watched uk. Very and, smart. And it was like, Hey, what is your perfect breakfast? And we talked about it and it's, it's always beans and, uh, usually like a fried egg that's runny. Um, types of meat and the meats vary I went with a little healthier I went turkey bacon and turkey sausage um this morning but uh we had baked beans my wife bought baked beans for hot dogs last night and I'm like I'm gonna save this and you know that'll be my breakfast beans as well and then uh, made some hash browns and a fried egg and I I managed to burn the toast the only thing I messed up and it wasn't my fault I blew a fuse because I had too many things going on in the kitchen Um, oh no the toast started to toast and then it, it, the fuse popped, so I had to, you know, turn the fuse back on, and then I put the toast back in, but I didn't adjust the heat, so it had already been toasted a little, and so it burned a little bit more than I would normally uh, do my toast. But I got to say, one, I am so full still, and I ate breakfast like four hours ago, and I'm still stuffed because it was so much food. But uh, two, beans and eggs is, is pretty delicious. I don't know why so, we stopped doing it in America. Um.
1: So I have a question, and, like... Every time that I've seen it, like, I've seen photographs, you know, of people traveling and they take pictures of their English breakfast or, you know, and I've seen it in movies. It's just canned baked beans, right? Like, Tra- is that what Matt said?
0: Yes. According to what I've read... That's what it looks like. Traditionally, it's the Heinz baked beans. That's, like, the, the go-to um, from what high. I've read. But um, I did use uh, okay. Bush's baked beans, and I, it was a, not the normal flavor either. I forget which one my wife bought one of like the grilling beans um and so that's what i went with but i thought the flavor was really good and uh mixing the hash browns in with the potatoes and then the eggs and the the runny yolk which i'm a fan of the runny yolk on eggs anyways i don't know you got to be an egg person for that um and yeah i was i was very i'm again i'm still full i don't know if i'm gonna eat lunch um it was a lot of food and i went i only made three pieces of bacon and just a, a big piece of sausage, but I, I kept it, um, it was like a smoked turkey sausage, but I, I definitely could have made more food and would have been regretting it, so I'm glad I, I think I, I portioned it well, like it all fit on the plate really well, and uh, I sent a picture to Matt, and he, you know, gave me the honorary Englishman um, achievement, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: um, I yeah, but. And, you know, uh, we were talking about the time difference. Like, Matt and I record uh, two podcasts together. We do our uh, Bloody Awesome movie podcast that we do monthly. And we're doing, on his uh, podcast show, we do a uh, movie astrology podcast that we just recorded the second episode the other night. And he's six hours ahead of me. Okay, maybe five hours. But um, when we start, it was the, the second episode of movie astrology is like two hours and ten minutes. So... It was 2 a.m. for him when we ended. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, man, you got to be, like, exhausted. And he's like, well, you know, I'm okay. But I i guess, I don't know if he always has Fridays off or if it was just this week he had Friday off because we recorded Thursday. And so he's like, I don't have to work in the morning. I just got to be up with my daughter, but I can be sluggish around the house. I'm like, okay, because I was feeling really bad because we just kept, you know, the with movie astrology, we cover an entire year worth of film And we, this, we ended up, uh, the years are randomly chosen. The first episode we did was 1988. This episode's, uh, year 2002. And so we'd seen, like, so many of the movies from 2002. So we had so much to say about so many movies that it just, we just kept talking. And, uh, I'm, like, looking at the clock, like, oh, man, I really gotta get um off of this podcast for two reasons. One, I didn't want the podcast to be 3 hours long. I knew uh well, I guess three reasons. I knew Matt was getting really late and then I was planning on seeing Sicario: uh, Day of the Soldado that evening and I was like it was getting closer to time where I needed to leave to make it to the movie. Um which I did make it to that movie and I'll, we'll talk about that momentarily with what we watched this week, but yeah, um been an eventful week. I feel like I've done a lot. I haven't done a lot. It's been I went to the beach. I uh, got real sunburn on my legs. Um uh, <laughs> And uh, oh. my wife got real sunburn on her shoulders, like really bad sunburn. Not not blistering bad, but still like the worst sunburn either one of us have had in many years because we've avoided the beach for a long, long time. But we went to uh, Siesta Key in Sarasota. Have you ever been to that oh, beach?
1: I have not.
0: It's, a—I a, did not know this going there. Um, its They have a big sign that says it's the number one beach in the USA. I don't know if that's true, but... I've never seen sand so fine, like it was powder, um, it's so like granular, and there's like no shells in, in the, the beach, it is a gorgeous, weird, surreal place, because it's very flat, and like it's just, you just, Gulf of Mexico, you see nothing, just water forever, so it's like flat beach until it hits the water, then nothing but water, just flat, all the way across, and it's, it's gorgeous, but um, at the same time, that fine of sand gets in everything. I felt like Anakin Skywalker from the prequels just, you know, it's coarse and irritating and it gets everywhere. Um, but, yeah. How was your week, Corey?
1: You know, a little busy. I, uh, oh, I'm sure you saw the photos, but we picked up our kitchen table this week, which mm. is very exciting. And it's beautiful. Nice. And I ordered my dining room chairs so that was like one evening and then after that we went to family we have family visiting from Alabama my husband's cousin and his wife and their kids and then my meme is visiting from West Palm so lots of good fun food,
0: Oh Wow. you know hang yeah. out uh
1: and then last night we hung out too uh I didn't get to go to a movie this week <laughs> but <laughs> I finished burnt offerings I've just been trying to clean like that so
0: is Burn know. offerings a tv show or a movie um it's an
1: old movie okay and i feel like it's really not fair that every movie from because i'm pretty sure that's from the 70s but every movie that's like a haunted house or like a ghost story it just gets compared to changeling and that's mm. just really not fair <laughs> i'm like oh it was okay <laughs> but no <laughs> i mean it was fine
0: got it got it so is that all you've you've watched this week i guess we kind of jumped into that segment but
1: yeah that's all that i can remember watching this week
0: i i've been and i i don't usually talk tv but um i have over the last uh, couple of months um i've fallen into i like to throw stuff on in the background when i'm like working on computer stuff or if i'm writing reviews or whatever um or if i'm like lesson planning or whatever and so i i go to comfort sitcoms uh to just throw on, because I, I can look up what I want to look up, but I can also ignore them if I don't, you know, if I'm really, like, into my work, and mm-hmm. so I've been using Netflix uh, to rewatch Friends, and I've never really watched Friends in the exact order. I've watched most of it in the order, because, like, if you're daily, like, on whenever they were rerunning it daily on whatever channel, you know, they still do, they usually go in order, but, like, if you miss a day, you, you miss a couple episodes in there, and I've seen every episode way too many times like it's it's probably my all-time favorite sitcom i wish it wasn't cuz i know it's not like some people have a lot of issues with that show and they definitely perpetuate do some, s- some stereotypes well there's i mean it's it's a new york based show with all white people and um ev- you know eventually they do introduce some um, African American characters, but it's like it's New York, guys. This is a melting pot of, of society. Word. And, like, we are the whitest white show. I mean, look at Gunther being the the key moment there. Like, he's like literally, in, uh, you know, blonde hair, white as could be. Um, and there's like, come on, even in the coffee house, there's rarely anybody of any ethnicity. It's like almost always white people. But. It's a show that I've always found a lot of joy in. Uh, Chandler cracks me up. I, I like all the actors, even though Joey um, often I think he overdoes a lot of his reactions in the show. But yeah, um, I've also as a, as I've gotten older, I've I've loved Phoebe so much more than I think I ever did as a kid. Was always my favorite. Um, yeah, she's just terrific. Lisa Kudrow is I think severely underrated uh, actress, and um, I still hate Ross so so much. Um, but. I've been re-watching episodes of that, and, uh, you know, I'm, like, through up to season four, um, I think at this point, just, like, casually watching, too. I'm not, like, actively, you know, I'm gonna watch five episodes today, I'm just kind of like throwing like them on. Aren't they, like, 20 or 30 minutes, so they're so consumable. Exactly, they're 20, like, 22 minutes on average, because they were for, you know, regular TV, mm-hmm. and, uh, they're, they move quick. I've seen them all, so I can easily tone them out, um, and then there are episodes that I really, really love, and I will just sit and watch, um. But it, you know, I've been doing that. But I've watched a few movies this week. Um, I watched Get Shorty, which I talked about on our top five movie episode, because of oh, yeah. uh, John Travolta. Um, I went and saw Dirty Dancing with my wife and daughter in the on th- the theater. Oh, uh, I I've always liked Dirty Dancing. Um, I loved it this time. I don't think I've ever given it a hundred percent of my attention before. I've definitely never seen it on the big screen, and I was like, like I'd never <laughs> knew Baby's real name was Francis. And I've seen this movie. <laughs> so many times, and somehow every time have either forgotten it immediately or blocked it out. And I was like, what? They say her name? I don't remember that at all. Um, And uh, I really, like, you know, there's so much about the film I really enjoy. Um, And the... the, uh, (sighs) The theater we go to is Epic Theaters, and every Sunday and Wednesday, they have a retro screening, and it's the same movie Sunday-Wednesday, so, like, Dirty Dancing played Sunday, it also played Wednesday this week. Tomorrow, we're going to go see Jaws, which I have seen on the big screen now twice, but I love Jaws, it's one of my favorite movies, Um, and my friend David, who is our editor at BerkReviews.com, has never seen Jaws, ever. I need to rewatch it. You do. I haven't
1: seen it since I was a kid. It was my Uh, mom's, one of my mom's favorite movies, which... I'm like, why do you love this movie? Because it makes you scared every time we go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Because we live in Merritt yeah. Island. Well, oh, I mean, but I do want to tell the listeners that I was just looking at what's being released to Prime in July, and it looks like Jaws is being released
0: for, sure. you know, that makes sense. description. Well, if, if you're near any theater, I can't remember the name of what they call their, like, this little retro screening thing that this theater does, but it's through, I think it's through another company that does these retro screenings, and they have these little, like, historical mini documentaries before the movies play, and... Oh. I loved it, and I wasn't sure how like my wife and daughter felt about it when, after Dirty Dancing. She was like, I love how they do... Th-. My, Kathy was just like, I love how they do that um, historical like background. I was like, right? It's so cool, because so, it's so interesting. It, it frames the movie in a really cool way. Um, I've always learned something I didn't know when we saw Raiders and then when we saw uh, Dirty Dancing last week, so I'm really looking forward to see what they say about Jaws, because I've been to a screening with Richard Dreyfuss doing a Q&A at Jaws, so I feel like surprising me at this point would be impressive like cuz i feel like i've 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 done the uh the jaws thing and i think the other time i saw it was a tcm screening so you get they do a similar thing before their films as well so i feel like i've probably heard everything that i could hear about jaws but i'm hoping maybe there's something new cuz i Hopefully, i am a big know. fan but um so we saw dirty dancing and then i'll knock out these other ones i saw Adrift, the Shane yeah. i really liked it um, I don't love it. I think there's some definite issues. And I, um, there was a mother and daughter in my screening, and that was it. Because it was late night, like on a Monday night, and this movie's been out for about a month. Um, and they didn't seem to like it. In fact, I heard one of them say it was a bad movie, which was shocking, because I don't see how you can look at it and say bad movie. There is a moment in the film that I think can make or break your feelings about it. Um, it's initially kind of made me dislike it. And then as I started thinking on it, I felt... Maybe it was smarter than I initially reacted to. Um, there's still some things about it that I wasn't thrilled about. I didn't know it was a true story, and it's a really compelling true story. So I definitely recommend, if you can see Adrift, check it out. It's probably out of your local theaters. It did just debut in uh, the, overseas, though. So if you're listening to this in like England or whatever, Adrift has just come out, and you should be able to catch it. Um, I rewatched watched Sicario uh, because I was preparing for the sequel, and I felt like I didn't really remember it. And have you seen Sicario?
1: Yeah, and I feel like that has one of the most surprising movie openings in the history of, like,
0: all movies. Mm. I really liked it the first time I saw it, and I, I liked it more the second time, and I feel like oh. I must not have paid attention as well the first time because, like, there were, like, little beats that I, I remember being really shocked about in the first viewing, and then this time i like, oh, that makes so much more sense than what I remembered. And um, I didn't even realize... Uh, Daniel Kalula from uh, Get Get Out was her partner when I watched it the first time. Um, so I was excited to see him in it, and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was even in this. Is he the friend? He's her partner and friend, but yes, he is uh, her, like... But in the, Get Out? Oh, no, he's the guy. He's the main guy. Um, oh. Little Real Howery is the, uh, the friend who is in the recently released Uncle Drew um, that is doing okay critic-wise, considering it's a Basketball movie with people dressed as old men that was based off a Pepsi commercial. So what? Yeah, I didn't know that Uncle Drew is based off a Pepsi commercial. Um, with the Kyrie Irving who is the uh, titular character, Uncle Drew. That was a a thing they did with Pepsi. They would dress him up as in this old man makeup and have him go to like street games and like start off you know hustling everybody basically like I'm old I can't play and then just start schooling everybody because he's an NBA player. (laughs) um it was a a, apparently a chain of commercials back in like 2012 that now spawned a film go figure um
1: okay this all makes complete sense i haven't had the cable in like two decades
0: probably i didn't know it was a commercial until another critic referenced it and i was like really and i looked it up on youtube i was like oh i'll be darned um so after i watched sicario then i went and saw sicario day of the soldado um it's a good sequel not not as good as i wanted it to be Um, I feel like there was some really confusing elements, but I don't know if that's on me or if that's on the writing from Taylor Sheridan, but, um, it, it also doesn't have the stunning visuals that you get in Sicario because Denis Villeneuve is not the director. And so his style is, is missing and, and noticeably so, um, his style is so visually stunning that it's, it's hard to not notice if it's not there. And then yesterday, um, I watched Tangerine, so that's what we're going to be talking about for this episode, which I just realized we've not said until just now, (sighs) but (laughs) Um, 16 minutes into the episode, I finally discussed the movie, but we're going to be talking about uh, Sean Baker's Tangerine, and um, that will be the last movie for our theme of June, which is LBGTQ+, or simply Pride Month, um, which is why we chose uh, the films that we did this month. Um, is there anything else before we get into Tangerine, Corey? No. So, folks, at this time, we're not, not spoilers yet. This will be our initial, uh, kind of reaction to Tangerine. But before we, uh, start talking, I like to go in through, like, the stats. So, Tangerine is definitely a hard R. There's a few scenes of nudity, lots of cursing. Um, but the, uh, the summary on IMDb is a hooker tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Um directed by sean baker written by sean baker and chris bergoch who both did florida project uh stars basically non-actors for the most part um i'm gonna have to okay come on imdb uh katana kiki rodriguez maya taylor karen karagoulian i hope that's right mickey o'hagan james ransom ranson excuse me and then mainly non-actors for the rest of the film now there's a few people who and saying non-actors is inaccurate uh i guess what I mean to say is inexperienced talent, maybe. Um, they have not, they did not necessarily set out to be um, actors, although a director I spoke to recently said everybody in LA is an actor, even if they aren't officially trying yeah. to be. Um, so, you know, if, if that's true, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to offend somebody by saying non-actor, but as in they are not well-known actors or they're not in a lot if you look at their credits i think tangerine is the only film that they're in and they might have a few like news interviews or things like that that is not true of uh mickey o'hagan or james ranson who are both in some of baker's other films um but uh it is and i think actually karen karagoulian is also in um baker's first film starlet but uh i've only seen florida project and I've been wanting to watch this for a long time. And of course, I can't talk about Tangerine and not talk about the, um, it's known, most known element about the film is that it was shot on two iPhone 5 using an app called Filmic Pro, um, uh, attachable lenses and a Steadicam rig uh, that the phone was mounted onto. Um, and it's, you wouldn't know it was shot on an iPhone for sure. Um, you would know that he used a Steadicam because he is tracking people walking a whole lot in this movie that was a big part of the cinematography in this film is just people walking through uh la um or as they say here tinseltown and sunset boulevard in particular but uh cory let's start with you what are your initial reactions when you talk about the film tangerine
1: i'm really glad that my feelings kind of evolved but the beginning stressed me out i was well, so stressed out
0: why were you like, stressed out
1: why is he doing this to me? Well, I think that we should probably talk about that in spoilers, but oh, okay. I just can't handle like the kind of situations that not only they're not just finding themselves in these situations. They're making these situations for themselves. You can't be in that, the kind of lifestyle that they're in, you know what I mean? And
0: not, well, I, I don't think that's a spoiler. They're, they're uh, transgender prostitutes. Um, on Sunset Boulevard in L.A., which apparently is a, um, staple, I guess, of that area. Uh, And that is discussed in the film slightly. Um, as in, like, there's a moment where a character uh, buys a prostitute that he assumes is transgender because of where they are. And, um, I hope I'm using the right term, actually. I, I, have heard them referred to as transgender prostitutes, um, in, like, reviews and interviews about this movie. But I'm still, I'm not always clear when it's um, transgender versus transvestite versus... um, I think
1: transgender is when they are going through the change. Like, in this movie, aren't they, like, taking hormones and stuff? Yes,
0: that is explicitly said, at least of Alexandra, um, that she is taking uh, estrogen. That is 100% said at the beginning of the film. So I, I feel comfortable saying transgender there. Now, I don't know if the rest of the prostitutes there are all going through the change or the process Which, uh, and that's where i'm not sure if it's are they like transvestite prostitutes where they are men dressing as women um or are they all going through the transgender process i'm not sure and i i do not mean to offend um by using the wrong terminology but this particular near. person that will save names for spoilers but he is looking for a um a prostitute that is dressed as a woman and um, yet has a penis without any question that's what he's looking for um, now I don't think he has a, an issue if later like if they're going through the change because there is a, it's a very funny scene but um, that he, he expresses uh, that you know hey you're supposed to, this area is for this type of prostitute and anyone who's not this type of prostitute should not be in this area. That's how it's expressed uh, in the film. But um, I, I, I feel like your description of the beginning is very similar to mine. I was not sure I had made the right decision to watch this movie. Um, I was so stressed out, not because of the situations, though, because of the clearly not acting nature of the lead character, Cindy. Uh, which is played by Kitiana Kiki Rodriguez. Um, She is, I I again hope I'm using the right terminology there by referring to her as she. Um, I think that is the intention of not just the character, but also the actress, I believe is is actually transgender. That is my understanding of this film, Um, that both your leads, Maya Taylor and Kitiana Kiki Rodriguez, are actually transgender. I don't know if they were actually prostitutes. I feel like I've read that they were, but I could be wrong. Did you read anything on that?
1: No. And sometimes when I'm looking through, like, Wikipedia, it, like, gives me ideas to look at other places, you know, for more information, but I didn't get that.
0: Well, the the thing is, because these actors, wh- whether or not they're actually prostitutes is irrelevant to my point, I guess, but they are um, clearly trying too hard at times, specifically Cindy. I actually think Alexandra is much more controlled with her performance. Um where uh, cindy is just if you've ever seen someone try to act mad like not an actor like a a normal person they're trying to like act like they're upset they they fall into a pattern of repetition and uh being belligerent and and repeating uh I, i just said repetition so i'm repeating myself while trying to describe this but repeating curse words um so repetition of like Oh, you do that me you do that you do that and it's just it's obnoxious and it's it feels fake and i was like oh man if this is going to be the whole movie i don't know if i can make it because i was so checked out like right away um yes. but without spoilers by the end i was i liked the movie um and I was very happy because I love Florida Project so much. To be fair, the beginning of the Florida Project kind of does the same thing because the kids are really obnoxious and they're just yelling and being loud. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this how this whole movie is going to be? But by the end, I love the kids. Um, now, I won't say I love Cindy and Alexandra, um, but I definitely care about them. Yes, yeah, um, I was going to say. Yeah, not not like, like Brooklyn Prince as uh, Mooney in Florida Project. I love that kid by the end and feel... So much sympathy for that kid. Um, and I don't know if that's where I'm at with, with Cindy and Alexandra, but I care about them and hope that they get their stuff together. Um, because they, they make some, as you noticed, some very questionable choices and put themselves in some very bad situations. I okay. don't Go ahead. know
1: how you can live that life and not though, And by... I mean... There are some ways where I see that they are very different from a lot of the people that do the same thing that they do and that are in their, you know, I don't want to say their circle, but people that they come in contact with very often, like, they share an apartment, they pay rent. You can see, like, I feel like you can see where they're trying to, like, separate themselves from it.
0: Yeah. well. I'm looking at the trivia on IMDB, and it says, uh, the film was shot while co-lead Maya Taylor was first starting to take female hormones. Maya Taylor, in a radio interview with Terry Gross, revealed that much like her character Alexandra, she had worked as a prostitute in Hollywood, uh, and then Maya Taylor and Kitiana Kiki Rodriguez were already friends in real life before the production started, um, are three, I think, crucial little things right at the beginning of, um, of the trivia that helps kind of give context. Um, and that's... I'm not going to read all the trivia. I just wanted to see if that said anything. It doesn't say much about Kiki, though, so I don't know what her situation is. But, um... All right. So, I liked it. Would you say by the end, Corey, that you liked it or no?
1: I did. I don't know if I could visit it again for a long time just because <laughs> it still would stress me out.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't know that I would want to re-watch the whole movie again. I could definitely see pulling clips from this, um just like for cinematic style uh he he uses a really interesting color grading in the film that gives it um like a a weird kind of vintage feel at times um it's definitely i'm not good at articulating the color palettes of movies but there's a washed out almost look to it at at times there's like a color overlay at other moments um i was i was never sure why it was called tangerine um, did like there's not like an orange hue to me on most of the shots or anything like that. Uh, she I does if it's
1: some kind of slang.
0: Well, there there's a reference to her going to jail for tea, and I don't know if that's like a drug term. They never say it in the film. Oh. Um, and then uh, she does. There is a moment where um, Alexandra gives a friend an air freshener that it looks like two oranges, but it's such a like it's never zoomed in on or like there's no reason to assume that's where the name comes from. Um, I had always assumed it was one of the character names, and it. it's not, so, uh, and I don't know, maybe it's for that area, and that, again, I don't feel like it's said explicitly in the film, um, but it's something to uh, to consider, but it is on Netflix, if you haven't watched it yet, you can definitely check that out, but from this point forward, Corey? Guys, spoilers,
1: go watch this movie, was it on Netflix? Yes. Yep, go check it out, and then come back and give us a listen, otherwise, full steam ahead, spoilers, you've been warned. So, so, I need to hop in first, oh. because I felt like I was a little, okay, I was way out of my element watching this movie, but I was like, what are they talking about? They were, and I I don't ever want a movie to not be genuine and use, like, slang and whatever would be used in those situations with whoever is in them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they kept, like, throwing out the term bottom girl, and I'm like, what the hell is a bottom girl? So I had to go, like, Google it, and... I just, I don't really understand because all the, like, information I was finding finding online, the bottom girl for a pimp is actually, like, their top girl, I guess, like, oh. their most trusted whoever, and he or she would use that person to keep other prostitutes in line. And, like, okay. I was also reading that, like, if a pimp goes out of town or goes away, if it goes into jail or something, that bottom girl is still expected and, like, given that Takes responsibility. Over. got it. yeah. So, but why do they call them bottom girl? And then there's a scene later on in the movie where the bottom girl isn't allowed back into the brothel. So that kind of confused me because if she's like, you know what I mean? The most trusted mm-hmm. or like the highest ranked one, how are they keeping her out? Or how is that even their say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and may- maybe it was, maybe she wasn't really the bottom girl and he was just, you know, saying Telling that. or. that? Yeah, because it, it's uh, Chester. One, I was so surprised at who Chester ended up being. You do, um, Which is, the actor's name is uh, James Ranson. Um, and he's in a bunch of stuff. Like, he's in Sinister 1 and 2. Um, he's oh. in Generation Kill. And then he's, I think he's also in uh, a couple of other Baker films, I think. Um, and I think he was in Starlet, which... Oh, and he was in Mr. Right, which I liked a lot. Um, and I'm trying to find if he was... Oh, he was in... Uh, Spike Lee's old boy, which I've not watched yet, and then yeah, he's in Starlet, which is Baker's first film. Um, oh, he's gonna be in this. Movie. But uh, he was man, he was really funny. Um, it, when he shows up, when she finally finds Chester, um, and then even I felt really bad for Dinah, who is uh Mickey O'Hagan, and um, when when Cindy finds her, man, she just like. Kicks the door into the hotel and like grabs her by the hair, and that's where there's the most nudity. Is in this this so nasty, I just wanted to throw up like, ooh, there's penises everywhere. Um, and nasty
1: old men, like,
0: and very cracked out women, um, for the most part.
1: They're like sharing a hotel room and a bathroom
0: to service all their
1: customers, like, Mm -hmm. which was super nasty to me, too. They're like all these.
0: Which I think there was a sign on the uh, hotel office window that said uh, "We will turn away prostitutes" or something like that. There was something like but, claiming that they don't allow prostitution, and yet there's like a full brothel being run. Like. And
1: also, she goes up to Cindy goes up to the window and she's like, "Where's the party at?" And then yeah. they direct her there. I'm like, "Yeah,
0: clearly that's for legal reasons. Not you know, like they're they're yeah. clearly aware that it's happening. Um, there's no way that's going on in, it, in them not being aware, but." uh, yeah, Cindy, Cindy was my biggest concern, because Alexandra is controlled, um, Maya is the actor's name, and, or actress's name, and the performance that she gives is, I think, the best of the clearly non-actors in the movie, um, it's, it's much more controlled, much more subdued, and feels like a performance, rather than feels like someone trying to give a performance, which is what I feel like, cindy's character is for the most part i think by the end she's become more comfortable in the character and is able to give at least a little more believable performance she is, it is a type of personality that i wouldn't like anyways very dramatic um quick to fight quick to lose her temper and then also cool very quickly you know like by the end, like, her and Dinah are, like, friends. Like, she's doing Dinah's makeup at one point. They're smoking crack together. I don't really uh, think
1: they're friends.
0: I know, but that's kind of my point, is that <laughs> she, moments ago she was beating the crap out of her or ready to, and now she is like, oh, we'll share this crack together, and oh, I'll, I'll put some makeup on you, and oh, you know, and then as soon oh, as my... Chester's back, it's back to the yelling and fighting and cursing. Um, also, you know,
1: I... Everything I know about drugs is from movies, and I didn't know what they were smoking. (laughs) I thought they were smoking crack, which apparently it's crystal meth, and I don't really...
0: Oh, okay, see, I don't know either. I just, I thought that was a crack pipe. (laughs) Yeah, same. Yeah, I've watched a lot of movies, uh, and that's also my knowledge of drugs is predominantly from movies. Um, I mean, (laughs) a little bit, like, I've never known people were doing them but i would later find out that people were doing drugs around me and i was unaware like i never saw them doing it but like i just thought they wanted to clean at 3 a.m and that was normal dude uh, <laughs> at,
1: like 12 years old a family member had a friend that was like cleaning the house they shared all night
0: mm-hmm.
1: all night and i was like what the hell they must have company coming over i don't know um but oh and i I really needed to know what T was, because I totally forgot about that. Uh, And what I'm seeing is, it might be crystal meth.
0: Okay, so another expression. uh, Another uh, non-expression, name for it, euphemism.
1: I was really surprised. um, So I know that they're like in Hollywood and stuff. But there's only one scene in this movie where they're really in any type of danger... I mean, there's always, like, the danger of cops and stuff like that, but I would feel like even just regular, like, non... Oh, gosh. Like, oh, transsexual or gay. We already know that, Mm. like, prostitution is a very violent... Yeah. Yeah. um, And I was kind of surprised by that. And I also was too... I was also very surprised by who Chester was... And that that's just accepted, and he's, he's like, this pimp, and he, like, <laughs> takes over this donut shop to, like, run his business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and he has it.
0: Nash working out of a, another store, selling drugs only, though, uh, not prostitutes. And then it, it's, uh, he has another guy that we have a really quick interaction with. Uh, Cindy's just yelling at the guy playing on the video game machine. Um, Nash I found to be very funny. Uh, he's only in this he's only in two scenes but um, the first time it's very again it's Cindy yelling at him being over the top does not feel like a like a scripted performance but also doesn't feel like a good performance. And then um, she borrows a cigarette from him there and she's like, you're out and then like later when she comes back he sees her coming and he hides his cigarettes and I just loved it. I was like, all right see I like that those little callbacks because Baker is really good at this um, taking because you what you have to remember, is uh, Haley in Florida Project was a non actress like she was an Instagram celebrity that he pulled in and and trained and she does at moments have that same kind of feeling where it feels like she's just improving but it feels much more organic and she doesn't go even when she goes really big and is like cursing at people in Florida Project I always believed Haley as a character I did not believe Cindy as a character for the first half of this movie. Um, I've seen
1: I've seen girls like
0: that, though. I've seen women like that that are just like. And that's where I'm trying to balance with myself is that I don't like people like that in real life. And thus, I'm Mm -mm. projecting it onto this character. Or is it the character feels just generic or like like a person trying to be what you're saying exists in real life? Like it didn't quite feel authentic. Not that people don't act like that. I have seen people act like that and I hate those people I avoid those people because it is it, Alex Alexandra points this out in the film it is um, dr- drama look at all the drama you just got out of prison look at all the drama you're starting and I don't like drama I I have consistently made it my goal to be out of that as much as possible um, Same. and so maybe that's all it is um, by the end though I did I, I like Cindy as a character I don't think she's making good choices but I, I want her to, to be okay, and I want Alex Alexandra to be okay. And I was really – I think the biggest twist that I didn't see coming in this movie was uh, Chester dropping um, – or throwing Alexandra under the bus that they'd slept together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that, and I wasn't expecting for her to have slept with them. And also, why would you go run your mouth about somebody else when you did the same thing too?
0: Yeah, that's the and- biggest – twist right like why why would you do that
1: and if you don't want someone to know them why would you bring up any like any way of them ever finding out how would you help mm-hmm. them along on this little clue finding journey i guess i don't
0: yeah. know no for sure it was a, it was a big twist um yeah. and I, a- alexandra has throughout the film she's telling everybody to come see her show at 7 p.m and i was like what kind of show like, because it's never clarified what Alex is going to be doing. Sorry I keep shortening to Alex. It's not because of the masculine. It's because I like to shorten names. And if it, Alexandra, Alexandria, or Alexander, I will call Alex. So Alex. just to clarify that, um, for simplicity, I'm going to continue saying Alex. Uh, that I wasn't sure what her show was going to be. And I kind of, like, given that they were prostitutes, I thought it was going to be, like, a, a strip a strip club or something like that. Um and instead, she's she's singing, and it's Christmas Eve. So, um, that's an important, kind of an important detail. It's mentioned like twice. It it doesn't look like Christmas Eve. Like there's not a lot of like other than we see one family's Christmas dinner, which we'll get to I think in a minute. But um, her she she's performing. She's told everybody she knows, and nobody shows even people up.
1: People she doesn't like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even people <laughs> she doesn't like, but nobody shows up. And then I love that moment. That's where I think you finally see Cindy realizing how crappy of a friend she's been to Alex. And she's on the bus with Nina on their way to the donut shop when she realizes it's after 7 and she needs to get to um, Alex's show. And so she she puts her own mission aside to go be a good friend. And I I think that was the moment where I finally bought into both characters. Like, I'd been on Alex's side... um, I had not been on Cindy's side, and I still i am not on her side. I understand why she's upset. I do think she's being irrational, and I don't like that. And I didn't like a lot of the performance. But here, I see that bond, and I see that desire to do the right thing in her, um, and it, it won me over. Um, I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, I like everybody now. I, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone. Um, and... Uh, the, you know the, the performance happens it's it's not bad I think Alex sings well it's not amazing or anything like that but it's it's not bad um I think it's funny that Dinah feels the need to uh criticize it <laughs> like like gives a full critique <laughs> like your song's kind of old like I was like wow
1: okay okay so like Amy Winehouse Lily Allen I was just wanting to name off like everyone who sings like that um or try to take those
0: older styles
1: kind of mhm
0: mhm but um then we see Alex is paid to play like to to perform and that's i kind of wish they would have gone into that a little more um to me it does show like Alex's desire to be something else is very strong and is willing to pay for the opportunity to to be an artist you know like willing to give up her we saw how she earns money It's not easily earned, you know. Um, She's willing to give up that hard-earned money to be allowed to sing one song. I I think it's implied that she sings a couple of songs, but we only see one song. Um, And
1: I don't understand also why the club owner is going to cancel her performance when she's paying for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he didn't want the performance at all.
1: I mean... And there he was just like, there's no one here. Might as well. Him,
0: yeah. Um, but uh, that scene was, was important. And then the, what we haven't talked about really at all is I think one of the the, the initial things that threw me off the most um, was the cab driver. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it starts so erratically where we're just with him. And like I literally have cab driver question mark in my notes. And then I have like the list of the different passengers um because there's uh the i have the word gas i don't know what gas is is he getting gas does someone have gas i don't remember old lady selfie girl um the cherokee guy which is the longest scene in the cab at first where the guy's talking about how his name mia and mia was the the name mia mia was a red bird i think and um then we get the drugged or drunk guys in the car that puke all over the back seat um and we still don't understand why we're with uh, with this cab driver like we just keep coming back to him that he's not interacted with Cindy he's not interacted with Alex there's no connection made at this point early in the film with with this character we don't even know his name yet we don't learn his name until about halfway through the film but it's it's Razmik I think is how it's said um R-A-Z-M-I-K and um we've uh we see him pick up a prostitute which is, I mentioned the scene before, spoilers, but he picks up what he assumes is a transgender prostitute that will have a penis. And when he gets, they finally get to the position where they can do something, he tells the prostitute he wants to go down on them. And then he finds out that there is no penis. And that scene cracks me up. Because, oh my
1: god, what is that? <laughs> yeah, what
0: is that? And she's like, what you think? Like, you know,
1: like, <laughs> um, I died oh yeah, my
0: god that part cracked me up and he's he's not he's mean to her but he's not like abusive to her he doesn't punch her or anything like that so it, he does it, take his money back he does take his money back i mean to be fair he they didn't do anything um i, I mean he yeah. did he did see some stuff and i think he might have grabbed her boob but you know he kicks her out of the cab and tells her to stay off of that area cuz that's not for you as in that's not for actual women um which they call Real fish, I think. At, that like,
1: pisses me off so bad.
0: The real fish comment.
1: <laughs> they kept calling women fish, and I'm like, "Why are you gonna use a like a term like that? That you're obviously trying to be offensive in, like, in terms to real women, and then you're taking hormones."
0: It's an interesting conundrum. I think that's, and that's what I feel like. Um, Razmik's character, who is an Armenian uh, cab driver, um, he has a, a wife and daughter. And um, the mother-in-law lives with them. And I think his role in the film is to kind of point out, like, he is... I don't want to say he's clearly gay, but he, he clearly finds sexual pleasure in being with a transgender person who has a penis still. Because he definitely seems to want a feminine-looking... You know, like, cause he, he, him and Alex have a moment in the film where they go through a car wash, which... Stressed me out, and I'm not doing anything. But like, I'm like, that's a that's a lot of pressure. To yeah. Get, to get yourself, you know, finished. I'm. I, this is a really hard movie to talk about and not like use inappropriate language. I think, but um, you yeah. know, in that time frame, because it's like, how long of a car wash is this? <laughs> like,
1: it's like five minutes. I mean, I it's
0: mean, that's a lot yeah. of pressure. Um, and I think it's shot well enough where like you can tell what's going on, but you're not actually seeing what's going Isn't- on. It shot
1: from, like, the back seat.
0: Yeah, it's very voyeuristic. Like, we're sitting in the back seat watching this uh, play out. Um, and it's framed that way. Like, you're, like, sitting in the center seat of the back seat, which is probably exactly what's happening because they're shooting on an iPhone 5S. So it's like you're sitting in the back seat filming two people fooling around in the front seat from, from your angle of uh, perspective with your phone. Um, and uh, he is um, going down on Alex. But Alex... You know, has I would say Alex has a very feminine look about uh, about her, and uh, she has started growing actual boobs because of the estrogen. That's again pointed out by Cindy at the very beginning of the film, and that seems to be the type of of person that Rasmic is into. Like, still has a penis, but is very feminine. That's I feel like that's a fair uh, observation made in the film. Yeah. And so, Rasmik has a wife and kid, but he's picking up prostitutes. And that is definitely, I th- I feel like the reason we see this character and why we kind of get, he's a normal guy trying to live a, a normal life, but is, is picking up prostitutes. Now, I feel like he's picking up prostitutes because it's not okay in his culture to be gay.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I got... Mad because he has a white a wife and a, mm-hmm. I think it's a daughter, and forget the mother-in-law. I'm not about that. I'm just taking care of your like
0: because whatever you're your mother-in-law, of yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and she's just always giving him a hard time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like it, like pissed me off that he has a kid and a wife at home. And I mean, their house is fine. It's fine, but he, that's a lot of money he's throwing around, and we don't know how often he does that.
0: That's, we see, yeah, um, what appears to be at least twice that day because he's with Alex and then he goes on the hunt for Cindy because he has a crush on Cindy um, at at night. And so that implies at least twice that day, maybe because of the extra anxiety of it being Christmas, um, maybe because he found out Cindy was back and he hadn't seen Cindy in 30 days. Um, he, he, he goes to see Alex's show, but I don't know if he goes to Alex's show he misses it but he goes i don't know if he goes to be a friend or if he goes hoping to find cindy i feel like he's trying to find cindy and not necessarily trying to be a good friend but there is that indication with alex and him that they are more than just business associates at this point you know what i mean like like there is a he takes he's good to alex and alex is good to him like there is a it feels more caring than what we see with like her other interactions you know what i mean
1: Mm-hmm. agreed I didn't feel like he was just going there to see because he was genuinely
0: upset that he missed it
1: yeah so I feel like that was to be there for
0: I, I agree um, I, I he and that's the thing Rasmic could have been painted as this villainous character and he's not he's, he's painted as this you're kind of like I feel bad for him because I, I, clearly he wants something he doesn't feel like he can have except by buying it periodically and it being temporary, you know? Um, cause he, especially because he seems to be in love with Cindy. Not just, like, oh, I want to be with Cindy sexually, but, like, there's something more there, you know, that he goes hunting for her, goes looking for her. Um, and that makes me, like, sad as this, this guy... It's, it's sad for many reasons. One, even, like, the wife's, like... I, I feel like the wife may have known... Oh, yeah. Or at least had suspicions that he was gay and just knows that, well, he still does the right thing. He tries to take care of the family. Um, or she says that, at least, you know, she's embarrassed that her mother has found out. But she's also mad at the mother for being in for their meddling. business. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. Baker's ability to capture stuff like that is, is so impressive because... I definitely don't feel like he ever places a judgment on them. And I feel like that in Florida Project, too. Like, Haley is not a good mother in the traditional sense in the Florida Project. But she tries to be the best mother she knows how to be. Which is flawed. Severely flawed. But she clearly loves Mooney. Even though she does questionable things, she loves Mooney. And I feel like that's kind of painted here, too. Like, Rasmick does horrible things. Because we. I think any... Any spouse, whether male or female, uh, cheating on their spouse with prostitutes is is a deplorable thing. I don't think that's a, an arguable issue. Although this movie does argue, Chester argues, it, like the whole idea of cheating, like, it, you know, is, is brought into debate by Chester. But he's not exactly a person we're supposed to think highly of. He also so, has
1: tattoos on his face and he's got, like, a grill.
0: Yeah, so, and... and he-
1: Runs prostitutes out of a donut shop and so. drugs,
0: and and apparently bad drugs because he smokes uh, whatever I guess meth with with Dinah and Cindy. And he's Ugh. like, Whose stuff is this? This is good, not like mine. And I'm like, Wow, yeah, I'm like, What the heck? <laughs> he's like selling junk and knows it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a look into a world that I'm definitely not privy to. Um, and th- I found it interesting though that again two lbgtq movies that we watched this month my own private idaho and this focus heavily on prostitution within that community and that i don't know um if that's like is that just how hollywood depicts these this culture is that i mean because obviously milk is totally opposite but there is not necessarily opposite but there is um there are references to prostitutes i mean Er, uh, Emil hirsch uh, his character, I think, when when he meets him, there's allusions to him being willing to have sex for money, um, or even if it's not like a direct traditional prostitute like transaction, that he'd be willing to sleep with someone if it got him where he wanted to go next, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, um, is if that's an accurate representation, um, of of like just a section of the populace or. If that is a you know Hollywood depiction of, of homosexuality is more sexually deviant uh, if it's that I don't know if that's the right phrasing, um, but it, I I didn't know *My Own Private Idaho* was going to be about prostitutes. I did know that about *Tangerine*, um, and again, it's it's not. I don't feel like Baker places judgment on any of the characters in the movie. Um, oh, you're right. But it is like it is a a much more challenging situation. Um, and apparently, one that's heavily built on truth, much like Florida Project, is the uh, hidden homeless. Is the kind of theme of the Florida Project. This um, transgender prostitution uh, on Sunset Boulevard, I believe, is real. Like it is grounded in in, in fact. Even if uh, the characters that we're following aren't currently doing that, apparently, uh, at least Alexandra's uh, actor Maya was a prostitute in Hollywood at some point. So. Um yeah it's 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 a surprising thing like it's a world that I've definitely not been a part of um and I'm not you know upset about that I've not been in any form of of prostitution or drugs uh in that way so it, it's you know it's an eye-opening kind of experience to to witness it especially in a way that feels very much like because of the that we're tracking shots a lot we're watching them walk through the city a lot um and it's very it's while it's steady because he's using a cam, it's very handheld feeling like the the perspective the angles that we're at always are held, uh, handheld type of uh, framing and we get some interesting uh, shot composition there's a scene where um, Sydney's smoking a cigarette I think like waiting to, she's debating something like her next course of action and it's just like uh, a few different shots of her thinking and sitting and smoking and like her head's barely in the frame at one point we're seeing this kind of vista behind her and then she finally gets up and I think she says like F it and she goes off to to look for Chester more um he does some really cool moments like that where it's just like we're just sitting with the characters dealing with what they're going through like they're they're dwelling on it there's no dialogue there's no voiceover it's just we're looking at them debating what their next move is going to be and um it I don't know he's he's A really innovative filmmaker who uh, knows how to capture character like I think few other new filmmakers seem to be doing. And Mm -hmm. I think we have exhausted what we have to say about Tangerine. You're so much more
1: I don't know what word articulate than I am. But I am very glad that the whole movie did not make me feel that way because I thought I was going to have to turn it off.
0: I was concerned, too, uh, for sure at the beginning. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough hour and a half. But by the end, I I really enjoyed it. Um,
1: Oh, we didn't even talk about the scene. I'm so sorry. I always do this. Um, Where she is trying to make money, and it's later on in the evening. And this is the only scene where we get... You know, any type of, like, threatening behavior towards either of them. And Cindy is trying to pick someone up, and this SUV pulls up and throws piss on her.
0: Yeah, that was so messed up. And Um. then
1: they drive up to Alex and, like, run their mouths that they did this to her. So Alex takes her to a laundromat and helps clean her wig and her clothes, and then gives her her wig
0: to wear. Mm -hmm. Which... what what an important scene to, like... Because this is after uh, Cindy finds out that Alex has betrayed her, that she slept with Chester, and, um... And... But that's, like, them... They're still friends, you know, despite all of their chaos. And it's a really touching moment, and then Alex is like, that looks really good on you, like, to the wig, and it's... Oh, man, that scene actually was, like... I think that cemented it for me that it was a, good, a really good movie, too. Like, it just... It ends in such a small thing because that's it. Is it's the most threatening thing that happens in the film is her getting doused with, with somebody. I mean, how messed it'd been messed up if he threw like beer on her, but he threw piss on her. Like, that's
1: I don't so understand sick and why people feel the need to do so many things that they do. Like, if you don't like it, then don't partake, move along. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, there's no reason for you to be there, like, pretending hey, to pick up a prostitute if you don't it, want them
1: why else would they be there because that's what that area is for there's nothing
0: well i mean obviously it, it's, yeah, they are there to commit a hate crime of sorts uh you know they, it might have been the drunken fun like hey you know it'd be funny if we threw piss on somebody and like oh yeah let's do that or you know obviously it's for a movie so it, it's cinematic it adds it makes it gives a reason For Alex and Cindy to reconnect um, in a moment where Cindy's clearly done with Alex, like at least for that time she was done. And that moment makes her vulnerable for the first time, really, we've seen in the movie because Cindy from the get go has been aggressive and and attacking and that the moment she gets pissed thrown on her she's done, she's she's broken, and she hasn't been that the entire film, I think that's where we see her the most human, other than that scene I, I just discussed where we just see her thinking, because that's her contemplating, I think, like, it's almost existential, like her, what's my purpose, what what am I supposed to be doing, why do I act like this, I don't know if I should act like this, and then I think her saying F it is, I'm just gonna go with who I am, and I am this aggressive lioness of a, of a woman, and I'm gonna go and, and attack this other woman who's threatening my world, you know? And when she gets doused with urine, she's she's broken, and you see that. And especially, like, it's in my hair, like, you know, she's done, she has no money. And like, and I think even more to the point, she she was going there trying to get some money because she has nothing, and now she's covered in piss, so the rest of the night's probably out of the question, right, like, you're not making money, smelling like that or not having clothes to even stand on the side of the road now, you know? Like he's wrecked her completely. Everything that just happened has been destroyed. And yeah, that's definitely an important moment to bring up Corey. I don't know how the heck we were about to skip that. But um I it's definitely a tough movie to recommend. Uh it is not something everyone's going to be comfortable with. Um, just a lo- just the, the nudity that is in the film, because honestly, considering it's about two prostitutes, there's not a lot of visual sexuality in the movie. Um, there's that one scene where she kicks in the door to the brothel hotel room, and there's a bunch of naked people there. Um, I think there was one other naked... You, know, you see uh, when Razmik Rams- um, picks up the actual woman, you see her boobs, and you kind of see down her shorts but I don't feel like too graphically where you you basically just see that there's no penis and that's it um it's not like you're looking at her actual vagina but you're looking down her pants and you can definitely see like the pubic region um so there is if you're uncomfortable with nudity there's definitely that's going to be a part of the movie um and but it's it's not on screen long um it is like it's there it's never I don't even think just to get the pointer crossed yeah and it's not even like the center of the frame it's like just kind of off in the periphery like it's it's there and if you're looking for it you'll see it it's even uh the brothel's dark like there's almost no lights on so it's it's a lot of it's in silhouette but you can still definitely tell what you're looking at um especially that one guy I'm sorry I'm sorry but he was like hung like a horse. I was just like, what is happening? I
1: didn't even see that. Oh, Jesus. All I saw was the old man that looked like he might break a hip.
0: Yeah. Well, and then there was a really big fat guy. I love, you want me to call the police? And the the head of the brothel was like, yeah, smartass, let's call the police Like to the brothel. Ah. Good call. (laughs) You moron. (laughs) But that also does pose an interesting conundrum. Like, what do people who are breaking the law do when someone is threatening them? Like, you don't have... A recourse I guess like you're just kind of stuck you know you just hope for the best Uh, because they you know one of their troubles worse yes is it is it worth losing this one prostitute in order to not get shut down and apparently the answer is yes Dinah's life was expendable because nobody knows what happens to Dinah they just let her okay we're just back to business Um, can't call the cops and we're not gonna chase after Sydney uh, Sydney and I, I do like how Sin uh, Sin D I'm saying S- the wrong name. Sin Sin D spells her name. That is S-I-N, apostrophe uh, not apostrophe hyphen D-E-E. Um, I don't know if you had closed captions on, but that's how it was spelled. Wrong. Yeah. Um. But I still, I definitely, um, I'm gonna go not quite golden for this film. Uh, there are some definitely amateurish elements at the beginning of the film that are a little tough. And I do think the subject matter keeps it from being a true must-see film um, for everyone, but I do think there's a lot here, especially if you are an independent filmmaker and you don't have access to equipment, but you have a story you want to tell, Sean Baker has demonstrated that you do not need a lot of equipment to make a film. Um, Not in today's world. With iPhones, and this this is a 5S, we're now at iPhone 8 and X. Like. you can make a high quality film if you now you have to spend the filmic pro app is like 20 bucks or less um but it it, it does allow you to shoot at 24 frames per second which is traditional film uh sh- shooting um you'll need uh, attachable lenses because there's at least one shot that looks like a fisheye lens and then a lot of the, the shots he's getting are very wide angle lenses that he, he would have used an attachable lens for and then having the steadicam just will make your shots look better because uh holding your phone you will have an inevitable shake in your hand so having the city camera so you'll you'll need a couple hundred bucks to get that equipment um and an iphone or an android phone because there's definitely like if you have a galaxy uh or a pixel you have a good camera but other than that i'm gonna go not quite golden Corey. what about you same so that is the last movie of lbgtq plus and or pride month theme of june in july uh kind of going into a summer idea we thought we would do coming of age stories for the month of july uh a genre that i am a huge fan of and cory is also i think uh, in general a fan of the coming of age stories right yeah and because of that we're going to get some of our uh, big gap movies off of our list um and we're starting with cory's pick and what is that Corey?
1: Guys, I'm finally going to see The Graduate. I've only wanted to watch it for
0: about 10 years. <laughs> so. We are going to be watching The Graduate, um, which I don't <laughs> believe is streamable on any service at the moment. I'm not 100% on that, though, to be fair. So do check like HBO. Um, I doubt Netflix has it. Amazon might. And you can definitely like get it like on Vudu or iTunes. I just don't think it's free to stream. Um, it's the 1967 film The Graduate starring uh, who's becoming one of my favorite actors, Dustin Hoffman. Anne Bancroft, uh, Catherine Ross, William Daniels, Murray Hamilton, Elizabeth Wilson, directed by Mike Nichols, written by, uh, Calder Willingham and Buck Henry, and it says others on IMDb, um, based on the novel by Charles Webb, so that's the other, and it's a film I've only seen once, uh, and not too long ago, but I am looking forward to rewatching it, um, it's, it's a man uh cory it's such an iconic film i'm excited that this is what we're starting off july with uh so we'll be back next week to talk about the graduate if you watch it and you want to give us your thoughts on it or if you've seen it and you want to give us your thoughts on it you can either email us at contact at burkereviews.com. that is contact at berk um or you can follow us on social media and hit us up there uh you can follow me at Burke reviews on twitter instagram and Corey.
1: At Corey R. Star, two Rs on
0: the end. And you can read all my reviews at BurkeReviews.com, including Corey previews uh, Netflix releases in July, what's coming and what's going in on Netflix uh, in the month of July, um, and what she recommends and what she's excited about, including a new comedy special from Al- uh, Eliza Schallinger. Is that right? Uh, Schlesinger. Schlesinger. Um, I, I have, I'm only really familiar with her through Doug Love's movies, and now I do follow her on Instagram, but. Um, she is a very popular stand-up comic, uh, she's very, very funny, um, and I've watched bits and pieces of some of her other stand-ups, uh, very distinctive style, and, yeah, she has a new special coming out this month, which she was just on Douglas Movies Promoting. I need to listen to that. And so, uh, until next time, folks, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast, BurkeReviews.com.